This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, good morning, everyone. Great to have you here today. And today we're going to be talking maybe in a a new way about New Year's resolutions and and how do we sort of craft it in a way that actually can give more shape and meaning to our lives. Because my New Year's resolution every year is to lose weight and it lasts until I see French fries. So how do we maybe, how do we maybe like shift it? How can we see it a little bit differently? Because I do really believe this, that this is a big challenge. I'll let you see that for a minute. It says, my New Year's resolution is to lose 38,000 pounds. And yet those resolutions, they tend not to stick, but we can find life, however, in a way that is made new with a thousand little moments. A thousand little moments. Now, I just want to sort of give you a foreshadowing of the service. In the second half of the service, after our middle song, I'm going to be asking some of you to share a simple thing, a simple answer to a simple question, which is, what can I offer the world in 2018? So be thinking about that. Yeah, what, what can I offer in this upcoming year? And that question should actually almost bring you to your knees. It should be a very humbling question. Yeah, what is it that I that I really have to offer? What is it that I feel God sort of calling me to offer moving forward? I'm going to ask some of you to share that as part of the service, just so you know. And so you're thinking about it, getting warmed up. Now, today's service, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about wells. Water wells, going to the river. What does this all look like? We're going to be looking at this, that 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 life, we... We, we tend to, to dig new wells at different times in our life. And, and how is it that we do that? And, and why is it that some of the wells don't seem to work anymore for us and some of them do? And, and how is it that we make that movement in our lives? Now, a little background to this story in terms of how we see these kinds of things here in New Church. So we can read stories of the Bible, many of which are beautiful, many of which are very easy to understand. And some of them, it's talking about stuff that at a surface level sounds pretty boring, like digging new wells. What does that mean? What we believe is that we can read that stuff poetically as a beautiful metaphor to see something far more deep and rich that God's trying to tell us about our lives and about how we grow spiritually. And it's so interesting, right, with with poetry, poetic truth in some ways, far more significant than other kinds of truth. Well, when I'm counseling couples, I say this all the time, like if you were to describe your most beautiful sunset, who do you want there as your wordsmith, a scientist or a poet? You know, I think we would all say a poet. I hope we don't say a poet unless you're a scientist. And, and really trying to look at that and trying to say, oh yeah, there's, there's a poetry, there's a, there's a musicality, there's a, there's an art here that is indeed beautiful. Now the context of this story goes like this. And this is way back in the very, very beginning. You can see it way back, very beginning of Genesis. One of the first chapters actually is the first chapter in the Bible. It's a series of stories about how these people become the sort of, sort of God's chosen people. Now that news, the New Testament, that news reverberates out into the whole world and everybody ends up getting chosen on the team, which is super fun. That's Christmas. And the context of this story is this. Was this ancient patriarch by the name of Abraham. God shows him a promise. 
says you're going to be blessed, and he blesses him. His, 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 his whole life grows to huge abundance. Many, many sheep and many, many, ready for this, many, many wells, many, many wells. And then what happens is his son comes along, Isaac, and he, he also sees everything increasing. His life is increasingly blessed. Blessed so much that he feels like it's now time and feels called by God to move along, to move to the next thing in his life, which he does. So he starts to move. And folks, remember with these wells, these wells, it, it wasn't just like today where it's like, yeah, I got to stop at the Wawa for bottled water. I mean, these wells were literally the source of life. Very arid climate. So these wells were, were critically important. So what happens is that he moves out and he comes to this very first well. And this is a beautiful story here. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father, Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. Now, you can read that, and that's kind of like, I don't really get what that has to do with my life. Sounds like just an, an old story from several thousand years ago. But there's actually an incredible amount, an incredible amount of wisdom there. I think that's so much the way our spiritual journeys work, right? I'm going to be stepping over here under this carpet for a minute. We start here in our lives in a certain historical faith, and then at a certain time, that stops working, so we move. And then for many of us, for many of us, we remember what worked for our parents. Remember what worked for our communities. Remember what worked before. So we try to step back into that well. And we try to reopen it. And that's an important part of the process. That there's actually ancient wisdom here. A little aside, hold it in the back of your head. Subtext for this service, many wells, same water. Many wells, same water. But we try to kind of dig back into this old well, but this well has been all stopped up. And so it asks the questions, well, like, well, who are these Philistine folks? Like, what's that all about? Well, I'm going to step back over here and read a little bit about what they might picture in our lives. And I think it's a beautiful part. And there's, um, you know, I don't usually read big, long quotes, but this is one that's got just an incredible amount of depth in it. So imagine a well that's been filled back up with dust and dirt and rocks. You know, this, this well that we knew that our fathers were getting something from, our mothers were getting something from. And we're looking at it, we're going like, I can't get anything out of it. The well is stopped up. Have any of us had that experience before? You know, I, I can't seem to access it. And there's a contention, there's a striving that takes place. Driving back and forth. Well, this is how new church holds it. These are some of the words of, that Emmanuel Swinburne uses when he talks about this stopping up. He said these Philistines are those who really didn't care that much about life. And think of ourselves here, that part of, that part of us that can kind of like, ah, religion, life, uh, we're going to separate the two. And it's interesting how it's separated. They separate the two because they become too concerned with doctrine. Too concerned with theology. Too concerned with their own brilliant thoughts. Too concerned with what's here. Totally forgetting what's here. And totally forgetting that it always needs to move out to here. 
Isn't that fascinating? They make all faith to consist of doctrine or theology. They hold charity very loosely. Charity, service, they hold that very lightly. And so what happens is they remove themselves from all wisdom and intelligence. Fascinating. So making it too much about our heads, we remove ourselves totally from the space of our heart, which is actually where knowledge comes from. There's a, there's a plot twist for you right there. Now, that part to me, again, is, is really interesting in how we find those ways and those wells and, and how they function. And, and I, I think of it like this, like this picture here. Who can I shout it out? Shout out what, it, what that is. It's the Hoover Dam. It's kind of like the Hoover Dam. Now, imagine you didn't know what's behind the Hoover Dam. What's behind the Hoover Dam, folks? Water. And it's kind of like I, I'm sitting with my back to the Hoover Dam, and I'm kind of like impressed with all this intellectual stuff that I've built. But what I seem to have forgotten is what? <laughs> that there is water. That there's water back there. There is this, these ancient forms of wisdom. But I've built up my own stuff so much Fallen in love with my own thinking so much that I can't get back to the water. And I don't want to treat this lightly, folks. Like, I think it's always, um, challenging because we do want to have communities of commitment. There is something about wrestling with ideas and, and ideas are important, are critically important. And what we're talking about here is an idea. And it's an idea that we hold as divine truth. We have to continually going, go back to the water, continually go back to our hearts. That's how we're made new. Maybe that's how New Year's resolutions are supposed to work. And the beautiful part in life, folks, is that when, when we do kind of reopen these wells and we do see some of the ancient wisdom popping to the top, it looks pretty cool. Do you want to see a picture of ancient wisdom? Can I show you a picture of it? All right, here you go. What's that a picture of? Amish. What are they doing? Barn raising. What are they getting paid to do it? Zero. <laughs> See, that's, like, we look at that. That's ancient wisdom right there. There's something about that that is indeed true and good and right. Now, as the band comes out, as the band comes out, let's think about that water. Let's think about we, how we grab a hold of that ancient, ancient wisdom. Let's think about what that can look like in our lives. And what's interesting is it's not going to be like eventually Isaac has to move on. And this is a little scary. He has to move on from trying to reopen old wells. And he has to dig a new one. He has to dig a new one. And always remember, with that digging, same water, just different wells. Folks, like it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, it's hard, it's perplexing, it's, it's challenging, it's simple at the same time. You know, speaking about 
needing to reopen wells, I, I think is so important. And speaking about digging new wells is so important because, you know, we're, we're in a time that just, it doesn't, um, it doesn't lend itself to that idea very easily. I don't find, maybe you do. I, I just speaking for me personally, I should really be saying it personally. It was, somebody shared a wonderful little email and it was a, it was a young adult and they were saying how, you know, their community now was their, their fitness club. Um, you can tell I'm not part of that group, but, uh, you know, it was, was their fitness club and, and, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's, that's beautiful. And the person went on to say that that had essentially become their church. That's hard for me personally. I get it. I get what they're saying. Because what I hear from someone like that is, I may have tried the wells, they're just too stopped up. There's too much strife over this stuff. I get it. And yet there's part of me that wonders, do we miss something there? If it's just, if it's just about a health club membership, Again, we have friends and connections and beautiful things happen through those. Through those communities of interest. But how do we really engage in the work? Hard, imperfect, sacrificial, frustrating, and absolutely a blast of digging new wells. I think this author put it really well. Our ancestors acknowledged doubt by practicing faith. We moderns are drawn, see the last uh, four words are worth me. We moderns are drawn to faith while practicing doubt. I think that is very true of this era. And I love the idea that there's, there's still this draw, there's, there's still this, like, this yearning for something, for something. We want that water. That water serves in a way that, that, that I, in my life experience, I found nothing else can serve in that same way. Even a Super Bowl victory somehow doesn't do it. And how do we find it? Well, I think that's what this story is about. Because the story goes on, there's actually a series of four different wells. First one was this ancient well, and then trying again, and then trying again, and finally at the fourth try, something works. That's where we pick up the story here. He moved from there and dug a, please say the N-word with great gusto, he moved on from there and dug a new, a new well. And guess what? No one, see if you can say this, and no one quarreled no more debates no one's arguing anymore we found a new well in the here this next word this is not about the town in delaware just so you know he named it rehoboth do i know what rehoboth means breadth can i get an amen on that <laughs> amen breadth space Found space there. Boy, chills even saying that. I just think that is so beautiful. Saying now the Lord has given us room. 
And we will flourish. We will flourish in this land. That new well, that new year, I feel like we're always being asked to dig that new well. Maybe that can be part of a New Year's resolution. Yeah, what does that new well look like for us? What does that Rehoboth, that open space, that breadth look like for us as we do the work? And notice I said work there. As we do the work to dig those new wells. Now, what exactly is this new wellhead? What actually is the water there? Well, folks, it's not a surprise. Not a surprise at all. It's love. It's service. It's service that has moved beyond all worries about compensation. It's service, folks, that is universal. That is universal. I've said this before. I know we have some first-time people here today watching online and here in person. Universal. Una one verse song. It's about this one song where, where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to stay in this place of being loving as best I can, serving as best I can. No more idea of it being a transaction. Only idea of it being a transformation. No idea of a transaction here. And that it's universal. I'm going to do the best I can to exercise it out there. I think a lot of the time we get stuck because it's, it's clear when you, when you read through a lot of stuff around church that the churches are constantly struggling with, well, well, who do I serve? What does it look like to serve this person? Those aren't necessarily bad questions. You know, those are questions where people who work with, with, say, an addict, they'll give them lunch, they won't give them money. That makes some sense. And as we go about this, we always have to hold, I think lightly, but I think we have to hold it, we have to hold what, what the endeavor is here. And I think the endeavor is like this. It's not a task of discerning who is, who is worthy. It's not a task of deciding who's worthy. What it is, it's a journey of discovery. A journey of discovery of the other. Where I'm serving the good in the other person. But if I'm going to serve that, I have to draw close enough to them so that I can know what that is. So that I can figure that out. And you see, folks, that's where the water starts to come up because I'm coming from love I'm coming from service. I'm coming from some sort of universal part and I'm trying to figure out and it works much better when we figure it out together. How is it that that service works? What is most effective? What really helps people? That's a great question. And it's within this context of this broader concept of New Year's resolutions. Now, New Year's resolutions... Just so you know, we got a couple of questions here. They, they are based on what should I do versus what can I offer the world? What is the number one New Year's resolution? I already said it. What is it? Lose weight. Anybody know what the most common number two is? Quit smoking. All right. And number three, eat healthy. All right. Those are the top three. On average, how long do they last? <laughs> two weeks 
on average two weeks. Isn't that interesting? We always say the same thing. They always last two weeks. Yet, well, this is a much more enlivening question, folks. I think when we can come down to, instead of what should I do, come down to what can I offer the world? So I'm going to be coming out in the audience. And what I'd love is, is for a number of you just to raise your hand and be thinking, yeah, what is it I feel I can offer the world? Like, I have a gift of some sort. God gave every one of you a gift. And how might I be able to offer that to the world? New church piece, beautiful piece of theology that I love. Our job is to offer our best intentions on God's behalf. So where is it that you feel called to offer something? And I want you to listen to what people say. And then we're going to come back to, again, this basic dichotomy. What should I do versus what can I offer? So a volunteer, if you could please raise your hand. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I keep looking at that love wins on that keyboard, and um, I try to lead with love, and I want to be the person that God would have me be and see within people that I deal with, my family, my friends, and um, try to be attractive that others might want to be curious about what's changed in me that they may um, want to ask me. I want to remain positive and lead with love and not be cynical and just, uh, just be gentle with myself and with my family and friends. That was excellent. And I, I love the idea too, folks, that, that so much of the stuff where we get bollocked up is, is cynicism will do us in. You know, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. You know, the problem with the cynic is they believe that's the only way they can describe the world. It was the only way it works. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. You know, basic forgiveness. That's a really good one, Lynn. I really want to focus on listening more, listening really deeply, because I believe that if I really can hear deeply what is in another person, that will actually activate their own dreams, and that maybe I can help them synthesize what is important to them in their lives and being who they want to be. Beautiful. And just imagine that, like, beats losing weight, <laughs> you know? Like, I, what I want to offer is, listen, again, I'm repeating myself a lot, but it's the last service of 2017, so I get to do that. The word obedience in Latin, obedire, you know what it means? To lean in and listen. To lean in and listen. So when God says, you know, he expects obedience, I don't view it as yes, sir, no, sir. I view it as him saying, lean in and listen to those you love. That's simple. I saw another hand over, over here. Hello. To be the best me so I can help other people. That, that idea of the best me, like, like the biggest gift you have to offer is you, who you are. I mean, just, just think about that. Like God has already given you that gift, and he's put you already in the worlds that you are to heal. Think about that. Some of those worlds are growing a little bit in short order, but it's a beautiful thing. What's another one, folks? Uh, 
Um, I want to spend more time enjoying and loving how the Lord is in charge of everybody's journey and spending less time about thinking of how I would fix other people's journeys. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> Could we get an amen on that one? <laughs> Could we just let God be God? <laughs> you, know, you know, just let God do God's thing. Because that's what's going to happen anyways, right? That's what's going to happen. He doesn't call me for advice that often. Another one, folks? just want to be able to breathe and allow other people to breathe. Breathe, breathe. That idea of breath. Can you hear Rehoboth in that? Can you hear Rehoboth, that, that place where there's not contention anymore? Do you see, folks, how beautiful this can be? I mean, this is, this is big stuff. And here's the miracle part, I think. So there obviously are things that we should do in our life. You know, we have a house full of teenagers. Heaven forbid we don't on occasion tell them what they should do. That would be a mess. It's known as the book Lord of the Flies. So, so there has to be. Like a river without banks is a puddle. That simple. Guardrails on the highway are a good thing. But if we get clear on what we have to offer the world, all of a sudden those questions about what I should do make a lot more sense, don't they? You know, using yours for an example, if I want to offer listening, there's certain things I should do. Not interrupt, turn off the TV, <laughs> get your phone, put away, whatever it might be. But all of a sudden it makes that stuff make sense. Does that make sense, folks? It was funny, when I was getting ready for this service, one of our online viewers, Denise, we were, we were chatting about this, and, and she said, Chuck, you know, I get it. The two go together. She totally ruined the end of the story. She read the last chapter first. And I'm there, yes, that is it. That is what we're trying to do. All right, folks, please give everybody a round of applause who volunteered. So that's a great question to have. And it's a great question, you know, as you go home with those you love, to, to have a chance to, to chat with them about and to, to, to just offer some different thoughts on. And I want to close with this. I'm going to step over here. I think when we start to do those things, we start to find a new wellhead from forgiveness to helping people to breathe, to being able to use our own gifts, to listening, to the idea that love wins, being curious, all those things. Like you can see where we're just, again, I just, I could pick any one of those, forgiveness, curiosity, any number of those. And you can see where it starts to become this water, right? It starts to become this water. I think maybe our job is this. Dig the well. <laughs> Dig the well. We live in an era where, where we want this water to be just there, right? We just want it to appear. At least I do. I want to be able to get it in two minutes or less. Anybody else that way? A little impatient? But we're being asked to dig new wells here. That's part, folks, of I think what churches can be. Churches, synagogues, temples, people who are dedicated to these communities of commitment. 
people like you who are really dedicated to actually, yeah, finding the new water, but also picking up shovels and digging, trying to find it, knowing that that work, that work is hard and challenging and, and all that, but it's, but it's really, really important, and, and it's just so life-giving. I had an author put it this way once. He said, would you rather dig a hundred wells one foot deep or one well a hundred feet deep? Which is going to work a little better? The idea of learning to go deep in a new space, in a new place, in a new time. Yes, a new well, but always the same water. And that's a beautiful thing. When we get to that, we start to understand, folks, that we can indeed, please say the N-word there, we can indeed be made new. And it will happen in thousands of little moments. Thousands of little moments. And as this video, which I'm about to show you, says, simple task with all of this, continuing to choose love over fear. Take a look at this video as we close the service. My soul is not contained within the limits of my body. My body is contained within the limitlessness of my soul. I've often said that I wish people could realize all their dreams and wealth and fame and so that they could see that it's not where you're going to find your sense of completion. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Because everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart, and all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. We're not the avatars we create. We're not the pictures on the film stock. We are the light that shines through. All else is just smoke and mirrors, distracting, but not truly compelling. Our eyes are not viewers. They are also projectors that are running a second story over the picture that we see in front of us all the time. Fear is writing that script. Now fear is going to be a player in your life. But you get to decide how much. You can spend your whole life imagining ghosts, worrying about the pathway to the future, but all there will ever be is what's happening here. And the decisions we make in this moment, which are based in either love or fear. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. I'm saying that you can ask the universe for it. Life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. As far as I can tell, it's just about letting the universe know what you want and working toward it while letting go of how it comes to pass. Why not take a chance on faith? But faith, not hope, but faith, I don't believe in hope. Hope is a beggar. Hope walks through the fire and faith leaps over it. 
You are ready and able to do beautiful things in this world. And after you walk through those doors today, you will only ever have two choices, love or fear. Choose love and don't ever let fear turn you against your playful heart. So, have a great 2018. Thank all you folks for what's been a wonderful year, 2017, a year of growth and connection. And let's just have a great year moving ahead. Could I get an amen on that? Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do, folks, now is I'm going to do a prayer. You'll be able to tell from my prayer, I'm going to be foreshadowing the last song. And, uh, you know, as you get ready for the last song, just just be thinking again, like, what is this water to me? And, and, and I think, again, like, we can ask the universe for those things, for forgiveness, for listening, for love, for care, for breath. And those things, the universe will respond. God will respond to that. I promise you. He doesn't respond by giving it to you. He responds by giving you the opportunity to choose it. He responds by giving you the opportunity to choose it. Amen. Please join me in prayer. And then when the last song comes again, if you'd like to stand up, it's a really big number. We'd ask you just, if you'd like to stand up and sing along with the last number. But I'm going to go ahead and offer a prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, we know that there is a river. There is a river in this life, a river connected to the next. And in that river, Lord, flows these beautiful waters, these still waters, these peaceful waters. Waters, Lord, that we know, that we know that the water will hold. It will hold us. It will hold those we love. That water gives life, energy, love, and wisdom because it flows from love. And Lord, help us to find that way to take that water and to be made new. Help us, Lord, to find that water by digging new wells together as a congregation dedicated to the work of healing in this world. And Lord, bless you. Bless you for all the many gifts you gave us in 2017. Bless you for being with us in those times of great pain and challenge. And Lord, be with us moving forward into 2018. Allow this to be a blessed year. Allow us to ask of life what we thought about today. And allow us to see in life the opportunity for these new wells to come to life. Come to life. So Lord, this, in 2018, Lord, this in 2018. Take us. Take us to the river. Amen.
Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.